0: Dealers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong. I'm joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Victory noon Monday? Year?
1: Uh it's Victory <laughs> Monday. That's exciting. We haven't had it, uh as many of those this year as we would have liked, but oh my Lanta, we have one again. Um yeah. Pittsburgh in a row now. Yeah, travels into Seattle. Uh, where the 12th man lives. And if you don't know that reference, you just don't know Seattle football. That's fine. You don't really need to. If you're a Steelers fan, that's fine. Uh, but th- we took a win from Seattle, 30-23. to 23, um, Highest scoring game all year for us outside of last week's game, which was 34. Um, exciting to see what the offense can do uh, when they're not being held back by Matt Canada's play calling. So,
0: in mm-hmm. poor quarterback play, we'll get to
1: that later. We're gonna fight. <laughs>
0: no, no, let, let's be real though, because there were two games without Matt Canada with very poor quarterback play, and now we've seen good quarterback play, uh, both before with Kenny Pickett and then after that with Mason Rudolph. Well, uh, we've
1: seen Mitch two guys
0: that can make the, the the offense move.
1: Yeah, we didn't see Mitch play very well, which I think that's. I'll agree. Poor
0: understatement. He played horrible. Oh, club. I understand.
1: I believe that. I believe Mitch <laughs> is drastically the worst quarterback on the team, um, yeah. and I think that's no bars none. But this Mason to Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph to Kenny Pickett conversation, we'll get into a little bit later. First, before we talk anything more, Steelers, uh, I want to yes. ask you how you're doing. am doing okay. Doing okay. It's a new year. Uh, sure it was rough for you with New Year's, but hey, uh mm-hmm. cheers to another year and we'll see how this year goes.
0: Twenty twenty-four has got to be better than twenty twenty-three. I think it will be, James. It's simple. Uh, simple. For for <laughs> it's yourself. It's not possible for me personally for it to have been worse than last year. It's true. So it's gotta be better.
1: True. So uh we will we will get into this real quick. Uh, but first, like I said, uh, Steelers by the Lake news. We have to talk about this. We're going to talk about the December year or December month in review for downloads, uh, top countries, top states, and the year in review, 2023. So before we go too far, let's talk December. I'll do states um, for December, and then I'll do countries for year. But states for December, uh, Pennsylvania, top downloaded state for the podcast, no surprise there. Texas, number two. Glad that I when I left, y'all kept listening. Uh, <laughs> number three, California. Number four, Indiana. And number five, sneaking on the list here, uh, Maryland. Haven't seen them on this list yeah. a whole lot. So.
0: Not a ton, no, Mm-mm. no. Uh, top countries from last month, USA at number one, Germany at number two, and then Canada coming in in third place. Now, this time of year is the time of year that we tell you guys about our year in review on Steelers by the Lake. Who were the top countries? Who were the top states in the entire year for us? Uh, I'll spit out the states on this one mm-hmm. uh, and let you cover the countries. Pennsylvania came in number one. That's not a surprise to us. Nope. California came in number two. Also not a surprise. They're almost always in the top five for us. Uh, number three, the great state of Texas. Number four, Iowa. Appreciate the uh, the listenership from our, our buddies in the podcast out there. The yep. D one, uh, And then also Missouri coming in at number five. Interesting
1: interesting top five there top the, the fourth and fifth are the ones that you're kind of never never know right now um yeah the Midwest, I'm ex- buddy i'm excited for that to get switched up hopefully next year with seeing how things plan pan out and seeing if we can't get this uh nationwide i mean we are nationwide we're getting downloads in every state but just curious to see where we can end up and who's going to take over some of those top five positions so that's exciting uh countries for year in review united states number one no surprise there Germany, number two, just like December, Canada, number three, just like December. And then we actually had a tie uh, for fourth with the UK uh, or not a tie. Excuse me. It's just how we wrote it. It's it's just the UK, uh, which is England and Scotland, specifically where those downloads are coming from. My apologies. Uh, And then number five is
0: Singapore. Yeah, man. Pretty fun to see the different Singapore, areas of the world. Singapore, man.
1: Singapore, man. Dude, I don't know. I was going to say something. I don't know. So,
0: yeah, the note of England and Scotland was that all the uh, downloads from the UK came from Came from, from England, those Scotland, two. Okay. So, yeah. So nothing from Ireland or uh, anywhere else Got in it. the UK there. Solid. Yeah, man. So lots to talk about. Let's get to this game. Just, uh, I don't have it down here, uh, but there were a couple of elevations before the game. Uh, The two that you expected, Miles, Jack, uh, and then also the safety, Eric Rowe, both got elevated for the game. We knew that because they were going to start. So you got to get those guys elevated before game day. Inactives for the game, we saw Kenny Pickett inactive. Minka Fitzpatrick still out with that knee. Trenton Thompson unable to come back with that shoulder injury in time. Darius Rush a healthy scratch. Dylan Cook a healthy scratch. Elandon Roberts with that pectoral injury still out. And the Marvin Leal, also a healthy scratch. I really hope they're telling him to just, like, drop some weight and and take on the role of an outside linebacker and do that next year because I feel like they did him an injustice telling him to try to stay versatile and stay in between the defensive end and the outside linebacker size. He ends up not being effective, really, at either one. And they never even played him at outside linebacker this year anyway. So – I think Marcus Golden's played well enough this year that he probably won't be able to be afforded to be brought back, uh, which point you need a, an outside linebacker number four. So just tell him to drop some weight, go from 290 down to like 270 and play find, outside linebacker. Just
1: find time. another brother in the draft. I mean, it seems to be working so far this, <laughs> this go around. So um,
0: We're going to talk about Nick Herbig. You know how many defensive snaps he played in this game, Cody?
1: Like five.
0: Two. Two, and my, one of them was the best that's defensive play in the game. Let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. oh, Nick Herbig, what a guy, man. What a guy. Mm. Let's talk about this game, though, huh? So right out the gate, we saw uh, effective offense moving the ball down the field. We did. Scoring points. Uh, uh, big plays. Outside
1: of, I mean, outside of that first drive, you know, you had the turnover on downs. We went for it on fourth down on the first drive, yeah. which was very impressive. We were kind of in that no man's land. Like, if you punt it. There's a chance of them getting a touchback or maybe pinning them deep. Sure, whatever. Hey, we're fighting for our season here. I, I like the fact that they went for it, even though they didn't get it. I, I appreciated that. It showed me that Mike Tomlin wants to go out and try to win these games, which has been in question for me a little bit recently, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, you're. I mean, that that second drive was eight minutes. I mean, that, that took a lot of that first. I mean, the, the first two drives combined were well over three. Co- on probably three quarters of the first half, it was three and a half minute drive and then a almost eight minute drive. So right there you're looking at what 12, 11 minutes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, over 11 minutes. It was over 11 minutes to like three minutes at the end of the first quarter in time of possession.
1: No, like very the heavily first heavily the, the first quarter looks like it was set no because they had it never mind yeah. so yeah, it was like three minutes, you're right. that's just crazy. Yeah, they the way that it's set up on here, it looks like it was less than that. But no, I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, Seattle and Seattle played well. You know, they came out. They also had a touchdown in the two touchdowns in the first half where we only had no, we had two as well. Um, But it was nice to see the offensive like the offense consistently moving the ball. We didn't punt for the first time until the second half, and it was on our second drive in the second half. Um and then after that we scored on every other we scored on every other possession outside the first one and that one punt we scored on all of them.
0: And we were 6 for 7 in the red zone and the only red zone possession we didn't score in is cuz we kneeled at the end of the game because the game was already over. Yep. Uh easily could I have been 7 for 7. I hate on those red stats. I hate yeah. those
1: stats. They're so misleading.
0: Um Yeah, and honestly the score is misleading on this one because it was not as close of a game as the score indicated that it was because no. uh, honestly, Najee runs that in at the end of the game. And now you're talking, it ends 37 to 23 and nobody's looking at that and thinking this was a close game.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, so. and this would have been Najee's first three touchdown game. Uh, yep. So like you, you want to give props to him team first mentality. I mean, that's, that is something that gets overlooked so often in the NFL because when in, in five ten years, whatever it, whatever it is, When you look back on his stats and you're like, oh, I wonder how many games did he score three touchdowns in? Like, that's a big stat for some running backs. Like, that's a, not many people do that. Um, Or even if you think that he does that, you know, three times in his career where he, probably more honestly, where he goes down instead of running in the end zone, that's a lot of touchdowns off the board. That's a lot. I mean, for a running back when their careers typically aren't as long anymore, touchdowns matter for Hall of Fame consideration, all pros, Pro Bowls, stuff like that. Um, so props to Najee for having that team first mentality. Cause that was huge. That was absolutely yeah. Especially
0: huge. for, for him career wise, he was an older rookie. Say he was 24 when he came out as a rookie. Uh So we, we were talking about it when they drafted him. Yep. Will they even sign him to a second contract? Because by the time that rookie contracts up, you know, if it's just the four years, he's 28. If they give him the fifth year option, he's 29. Are you really giving an extension to a 29 year old running back when, They usually drop off as far as athleticism at that time, and he's never been a super explosive dude in the first place. He's just a powerhouse, man. Uh, In this game, we saw the best stiff arm by a Pittsburgh Steeler since Vance McDonald. McDonald. And it was Najee with one of those where his first stiff arm kind of stymies the guy and knocks him off balance. And then the second one just straight launched the man off his feet. It was Tariq Woolen, a six foot four corner. He's a he big kid. Very athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Very athletic corner. And he just launched him. Uh, very impressive. Uh, this won't have the same effect that happened when Vance McDonald stiff armed that man. That, that man retired shortly after that. The, the Cam <laughs> he Hayward.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're not watching on YouTube you need to be if you're listening to the audio. We, yeah. we make some faces yeah. and do some stuff on here. So.
0: But yeah, heck of a game by Najee and this was his fifth 100 plus rushing yard performance for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is his entire pro career. Uh kind of surprising to see the number that low, uh, but obviously Pittsburgh has really struggled with rushing the ball the last couple of years in this Matt Canada offense and been a lot more effective since terminating Matt Canada's yeah, uh, contract. Well, the Russian game really has come to life since then.
1: It's come alive. It's come alive. Oh my land! It's come alive. All right. I don't know why I said that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's get into some of the stats here because uh, it matters. Stats matter a little it bit does. sometimes outside of the six of yeah. seven red zone of hit attempts. Uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, he he led the team last week to a victory for Christmas against Cincinnati. Uh, an impressive thirty-four to to eleven victory. Uh Mason came out and threw 18 to 24 for 274 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Managed the game just fine. Uh yep. we had we had three rushing touchdowns as a team. Um which was more than enough three. Was it just three? Am I missing one?
0: It was three, yes. Could okay. have been four but it was three. Yeah. Uh
1: so I I don't know. I thought Mason played well. He hit good deep balls this time. Uh I we didn't see those two play like those Plays again last week against Mike Hilton where he overthrew him. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was got nice. That
0: timing down.
1: It was nice to see deep balls hit in stride and have a chance for people to make plays and stuff like that. I mean, even the one to uh, the one to George. Was that the right sideline again?
0: Yeah. He, I, he hit him on both sidelines in this game. Yeah. I mean, George had a monster game. Uh, it's very clear who Mason's favorite target is in this I offense yeah. Why well, and it not it's George Pickens. And yeah, why would you blame him? Why would you blame him for that? Because he's a guy that wins in contested catch. He wins vertically. He wins on the sideline. Uh, just you throw it to George. It's a smart move. I yell it at the TV every single week. Uh, So I'm glad that Mason has a microphone in my living room and is listening. Uh, (laughs) also grateful that he's such an accurate quarterback at this stage of his career. I don't think that was always the case. I don't think that Mason was always as accurate as he is now. And he really has, has mentioned a lot of the fact that he sat for the last two years and was able to study more and basically just work out and go through the motions and be the scout team quarterback. A lot of times, uh, he's he's given a lot of credit to that in helping him be as ready as he has been the last couple of weeks. He's just looked good, man. I'm not going to say he's out here looking like Joe Montana. He's not, uh, but he's completing a very high percentage of his throws, and he's moving the ball down the field, and we're scoring touchdowns, and we're winning games. Yep. So it's a nice feeling to end the season. I know there's still one more game, and there's there's conversation to be had about that. Uh, and how that should be addressed as far as the quarterback position. Uh, but, you know, what we can't say is that many Mason's been anything other than good the last two weeks because he's been very good.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, very good. We'll talk about that again moving forward. Uh, let's take a look at Najee's numbers: 27 carries for 122 yards, two touchdowns, uh, four-and-a-half-yard average. That four-and-a-half-yard average almost looks it, – it, 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 misleading, I think. I felt like th- he had a lot of tough running to get that 122 yards. Um and and it felt like it should have been more than four and a half in in all honesty. But again, some of those touchdown runs were short. I can't remember for sure how long the one was um the one there diving few... the one diving one was yeah, really good. Yeah,
0: extending over the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> a few of these too. He got hit behind the line of scrimmage and ended up making their three or four yard gain out of it. You know, just Typical Najee Harris running style kind of game. Very physical, being stronger than most of the guys that are trying to tackle him. Uh, and you got to give Najee credit, man. He's really turned it on uh, this season. He started off a little bit slower. Uh, he's really getting it going here as the season's going on. Uh, and not a moment too late. You know, we're wrapping up the third season for him uh pittsburgh's gonna have a very important decision to make whether or not they want to give him that fifth year option Uh, and he's giving them reason to do it
1: yeah and they they have um that's this off season they need to to figure that out right yeah they can't go to the season with that a blank um
0: no there's there's a certain cut cut off date i think it's in july yeah
1: i mean Uh, hey Oh my goodness. If we have two good running backs on this team, (laughs) you know what I mean? What a problem, right? (laughs) right, Oh, you know, you
0: can make it work in the cap, man. It's getting tougher to say, don't do it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's getting, getting a lot tougher.
1: hundred percent. But I mean, Jalen Warren 13 to 75 for one touchdown, 5.7 yard average rounded up to 5.8. In all honesty, like golly gee, when was the last time we did this? Oh, 1986. We saw the, the numbers on the game the last time. <laughs> no,
0: 85. Was it 85? Okay, whatever. 85. The- Walter Abercrombie and somebody else. I, I thought it was. I thought it was 86 with Franco and uh, Blyer. Franco Franco did it with Blyer in the 70s. Yeah, he wasn't playing. Oh, right. You're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're You're Right. Okay. But yeah, that yeah, might've geez. been 76 that they did that. Yeah. But there was one in between too. It was Franco and Rocky. There was another duo. And then there was Walter Abercrombie in, in 85. Yeah. And, and I only remember Walter Abercrombie because he wore 34, just like uh, Walter Payton did for the bears. Mm. And, uh, you know, as a young kid, I'm thinking, Hey, maybe he's just as good. No, definitely not. No, no, no. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> no, no. But you want to know who
1: was just as good. No. I mean, let's talk about Jalen Warren real quick. Um, mm-hmm the the i mean the man's agile the i mean he is a don't get me wrong he is built he is a he's a dude he's a stud
0: he's he's a stout <laughs> short man but he has a spin move to get away
1: from tacklers and off of tackles like no other and it is um it's impressive it's impressive to say the least and i mean the fact that he's getting scores what's i'm now i'm curious go ahead and talk about these guys i'm going to look up the season stats for these guys
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to find that Najee's now over 1,000 yards rushing on the season, I believe. I think he crossed it. If not, he's extremely close to it. Uh, Jalen's pretty far off from 1,000, but he is leading the team in all-purpose yards. Uh, Or at least he was previous to the game. I guess this is probably going to start getting dicey with how George Pickens is putting up monster yardage receiving lately. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Where that ends up, if George Pickens has another really big game against the Ravens, uh, you might end up with George Pickens with more all-purpose yards than Jalen Warren. I do think that's actually closer than than I had thought, especially since uh, you're actually starting to see some successful uh, (laughs) end-arounds with him as well. I guess that counts as a a catch technically because they did it in front of him. But but yeah, I I bet that all-purpose yardage is a little closer than I thought. Between those two dudes.
1: It's looking like... I'm trying to see if my phone will pull it up faster. It doesn't seem to be doing any faster. Uh, stats. Rush. Nope. That's... Oh, top offense. Here we go. Rushing. So just rushing alone. 923 yards for Najee. 751 for Jalen Warren. Now, I don't know if I'll get to see... All perpo- or yards from scrimmage.
0: Yeah, you'd have to add them, but we can do that. That's easy enough. Okay, so... I'll do seven fifty one rushing for Jalen. Written down. Go ahead.
1: Yep. And then nine twenty three for Najee. Nine
0: twenty three for Najee.
1: Receiving. Jalen is three fifty three. All right. Najee's one forty nine.
0: One forty nine. Dang, that's close. What's uh, George's receiving number so far?
1: Uh, Eleven
0: forty. Oh my God! This is really close, man. <laughs> 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 Ah hold on, hold on. I'm gonna use the calculator. Uh, so all-purpose yardage from Najee right now is at 1072 total. So 1072. Uh, from is it also real quick, look for me if there's any rushing yards. 15 George Pickens. 15. 15. Okay. Gotta put it in there just in case that factors in. Uh, 3.53 and 7.51 is 11.04 for Jalen Warren. So it's a difference of 32 yards. Jeez. Uh, and then bringing home first place in the all-purpose category for the Pittsburgh Steelers is George Pickens. With 11.55, he is 51 yards higher with almost 98% of his production coming from, from receiving. receiving. So, Yep. Yeah, so we've got three guys over 1,000 yards purpose and it's kind of yeah is it really all-purpose yards with george it's almost all receiving but yeah but there is a little bit of rushing going on there.
1: well let me i'm just curious now where deontay is um no he, he won't he won't get 800 receiving six six <laughs> six hundred six hundred twenty eight yeah.
0: yeah yeah he's real close
1: but four touchdowns compared to having none last year
0: yeah he's catching it in the end zone these days that's nice
1: yeah right
0: so back to this game man we talked about the running backs we talked about the quarterbacks uh let's get to the receivers from this game Uh, as we mentioned monster game from george pickens with seven receptions for 131 yards that's very good uh Deontay Johnson four catches for 76 yards and that's off of four targets so he actually caught all the balls thrown his way this week buy Uh, your lottery tickets
1: now y'all because it is the time
0: (laughs) it ain't gonna happen again uh Pat Frey move three catches for 44 yards on four targets we'll take that uh, and Jalen Warren uh four receptions on 23 yards on four targets so
1: Wow. Yeah. Really didn't get the ball around as much as I thought he would. However,
0: no, no just the four guys. However, it worked <laughs> Ex- exceedingly productive and only throwing to four guys. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. None of this forcing it the Connor Hayward and situations where it's not advantageous. Uh, no forcing it into people that are double and triple well, covered well here's here's and the fun
1: part for this just based on those numbers with the, the what the stat line they have targets to receptions yep. um i'm guessing he threw some balls away or something because that would just mean three
0: incompletions at least one yeah and he had what six incompletions on the day so yeah a couple of them were were clearly thrown oh away. the one he threw out yeah, the back of the end say, zone i remember that one yeah and i, I want to say there was a screen play pa- Play that he threw it directly into the dirt on purpose as well. Yeah, uh, because throwing it to the running back would have been a very bad decision. Yeah,
1: so yeah, uh, so, the, yeah he the, had a
0: couple of them that were that. Um, the, the biggest, cons- wanna...
1: the biggest concern yeah, ahead, here for ahead. these wide receivers. Yes, holding the ball after the like after making the catch, we had two receivers yeah. fumbling the ball. Deontay fumbled, Deontay fumbled it. Deontay fumbled it. Hang on a second. I'm realizing they no, count. Deontay
0: fumbled it. He did,
1: but it. Oh, they do still count. It's still a fumble, but he luckily he touched the ball when he was out of bounds and it made sure. So um, not
0: a lost fumble, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Got to yep. make sure they hang onto the ball. Ball security,
0: baby. Absolutely, yeah. And and I don't even really understand what happened on that Deontay. He just like out of nowhere, it looked like he was trying to change arms with the ball or something, and then he just straight up fumbled it. <laughs> Nobody even forced the ball out. Uh, lucky for him. As his momentum took him out of bounds, he was able to touch the ball while trying to recover it. Yep. Uh, which then constituted dead a dead ball right there. Dead so, ball. Uh, George recovered his own, so that wasn't really that big of a deal. Both of them were on the sideline. What George, George didn't recover his thing. own,
1: it fumbled out of bounds, thankfully.
0: Which, yeah, that works as well. Same thing, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, at least they fumbled while they were on the sideline, so that's an advantage. Um one thing I do want to talk about this receiving group right here, uh, and it kind of relates more to the running game, but uh, it's an emphasis that I think can't be stressed enough. Yeah, multiple times in this game, Najee got into a pile and was driving it in the ball, and the first person into that pile to help move it was Pat Friermuth, eighty-eight. Pat Friermuth baby. over and over kept on jumping into these piles and helping, and I have. Seen said multiple times this year that the strength of this man is in his legs so when he can just get his shoulders into a pile and start driving with his legs and Najee's also doing that the pile moves and on one of those touchdowns that was yeah that was a touchdown all three and that wasn't the only time he did it yep all three, all tight, three ends. tight ends on that one got involved Do you you know, Darnell Washington was the second one into the pile. And again, this is probably one of the strongest tight ends in the NFL in Darnell Washington. And then you see Connor Hayward get in there and he starts driving with everything he's got to And Man, it's just it's infectious. We've been talking about this all year. Don't let your running backs go up against two or three defenders. Get into the pile and help drive it and push it and try to get an extra yard or two helps prevent injuries from the running back. Yep, And it's infectious. It's great for the team mentality, but it really helps to kind of beat up the other team mentally. Yeah. When physically they're being out muscled play after play after play, they're a little bit less likely to give everything they've got when the end of the game comes. Yep. Uh, So, so very important. Broderick Jones was just beating people up in this game and then trying to fight them afterwards. Like, honestly, that's the mentality that we're looking for. I don't want to ever see him throw a punch in a game. I don't want him to get that worked up. But I absolutely love the mentality of this young man of I'm not just going to block you. I'm going to put you on your butt and then I'm going to go find your teammate and do the same to him, too, because the play is not over. Yep. Uh, No, 100 percent. And shout out to George Pickens on this game on the Jalen Ward down. He was the one with the seal on the inside, blocking his guy like 12 yards down the field yep. uh, and making sure Jalen got in. So I do feel like that message has been received on George's end. We'll see if it continues, uh, but so far so good. George is doing his part and uh, putting up monster numbers the last two weeks receiving.
1: Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk this. I mean, you talked offensive line a little bit uh, there, but I felt like it, there was just a couple bad plays that we saw from Mason Cole uh, James Daniels, yeah, and getting and two of them they got beat on a stack one play where man it looked like they were just out of position couldn't do anything to stop them, um, but other than that the offensive line played fairly well I w- I was enjoying yeah, that yeah they were good yeah I mean the yeah, running the running good, holes were there for once yeah
0: and and the and the time was there for Mason too he got to sit in a clean pocket most of this game. Uh, like you mentioned, there was one play where the pressure came up right between center and right guard. Yep. It seemed like three guys went through the hole, and James Daniels ended up trying to block all three of them while Mason Cole got spun around. Uh, that doesn't work. Obviously, he got sacked on that play. But past that, it didn't happen really the rest of the game. Dan Moore held up pass blocking, Broderick Jones held up pass blocking. Uh, so I was really impressed. I thought the offensive line had one of uh, and they need to continue that for next week, too, because there's still a chance.
1: Yeah, there's still a chance. We're lurking. We're lurking outside the wild card right now. Um, but we'll get more to that.
0: 29% chance. 29%. Wow. That's what they're saying. 29% chance of getting into the playoffs right now.
1: Hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive front I thought played very well. Cameron Hayward had another pass defended. Um... We got to see a, a lot of good play, I thought from Larry Oganjobi, uh one of the plays just blowing him up in the Blue backfield. Back. oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. um I say Loudermelk had some playing time um I mean, the main guys there you want to see Armon Watts, unfortunately, I th- think on the one touchdown run, correct. uh you said he moved yeah. inside. if he would have stayed outside, he would have been right where the running back was coming.
0: pre-snap, so. yeah, it was run off a left tackle, and he was the right defensive end. Uh, Right before the snap, he shifted inside, which gave the left tackle the leverage to keep him inside. Uh, Mark Robinson took on the guard like he was supposed to. That was his assignment. That was his hole that he was responsible for. Uh, So it was Armand Watts' responsibility to have that edge contained, and he did not. Uh, So, Yeah. That one was all just... Bad luck. You know, you hardly ever see somebody shift last second before the snap like that. Uh, but I feel like Isaiah Loudermilk is really kind of turning it on lately here. He's beating Marvin Liao in the who gets a helmet thing. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin is, is very open about it when he has these competitions. Uh, where there's two guys going for one helmet you know one of you is going to be inactive unless i have an injury so who's going to work harder in practice who's going to show me more on the field and i feel like that is working well for isaiah laudermilk he's putting in better performances he's getting some pass rushes where he actually wins and gets into the quarterback and he's getting some good defensive stops he had one play in this one where he ran down the running back it was one of those things that you expect to see uh, cam hayward do where the running backs out there breaking tackles and making people miss, and then a defensive lineman catches them from behind because of the moves. Isaiah Loudermilk had one of those plays this week, uh, so I'm really appreciating the effort. If he can start getting a couple pass rush wins here and there, then uh, something finally maybe he's maybe he's turning the edge into a, a possible starter type quality defensive end.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, even beyond that. Uh... I I think that just the defensive front as a whole, that defensive line is playing drastically better uh, than what they started this year at, in in my opinion. I mean, the pass breakups are coming there. Uh, Armand Watts with that one bad move, but Larry Ogunjobi keeping up being involved. It's promising. I don't know how much longer he has in his career. Um,
0: I think he's got one more year on his contract.
1: One more? Okay. So, we have him for one more year. We got to get somebody to fill that position, whether it's through free agency, the draft, you got to figure something out, or if we use one of these other younger guys that we're kind of developing. But, uh, I I just, listen, it's a good defensive front. Then you talk about the, uh, let's talk about the outside linebackers. You know, you have
0: pressure all game long. Alex Highsmith almost had a sack fumble.
1: TJ Watt almost got a couple sacks. And then you think, well, goodness. Who else is going to get involved? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, James, it's going to be Nick Herbig, the man, the myth, the legend, the one that I talked about. Listen, he's not getting the double digit sacks like I wanted him to get. And that's. I mean, there's
0: still a game left. He's,
1: he ain't going dig- <laughs> to get double digits. But uh, man, he's uh, he's up there. We had he,
0: games where we sacked Lamar nine times. You never know.
1: That's true. But Lamar may not be playing. Lamar may be playing. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But it's just exciting to um, to see somebody like that get involved. When you got when you think about your starters coming off, especially on defensive side of the ball, to get rest, and you don't want to lose the momentum that maybe your team has or maybe they could get, or you don't want to give them just a free play to do something on that side of the field where you're having somebody come off. Having Nick mm-hmm. Herbig come in there and then getting the, the strip fumble that he got was fantastic. That sack fumble was so perfectly timed in the game, and and to get involved and um just was really exciting to see a young a young yeah. guy getting involved another wisconsin nate not native I, he might be native but from wisconsin so him and tj um love to
0: see it not a native because he's a hawaiian native uh Herbic's but it's the product yeah yeah I the herbert boys are both hawaiian how did i not
1: know that they don't
0: look hawaiian <laughs> yeah. i don't mean yeah, that in rude, like any kind hard. of rude
1: way like they, i just
0: no no, they're they're not Islanders per se, but they're ah. they're born and raised in in Hawaii. I'm guessing probably military parents.
1: Makes sense.
0: Um, Makes sense. But uh, I have a buddy at work, the Same thing. Yeah, on that play, the running back Kenneth Walker came out to chip him, and he just did a subtle like shoulder move like that, and Kenneth Walker completely whiffed. And then in one like very similar motion, he then ducked underneath. Hand swiped down the offensive lineman's hands and then ducked the shoulder underneath and got right around. And then the chop, the patented TJ Watt, the patented James Harrison before that. You know, so many Pittsburgh Steelers pass rushers do that. That chop move to knock the ball out, and then recovered it after doing so. So just literally, it was exactly like what you would go through at a practice rep to teach somebody on how to be an outside linebacker. It happened exactly the way it was supposed to and that's just that's a testament to the man's hard work. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen without lots of hard work, lots of reputation repetitions and taking on the coaching because that was literally exactly how it's coached up.
1: Yep, 100%. So, we definitely love to see that. Um I thought I mean, obviously, we talked about T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was held all game long. All
0: game, okay. he was tackled. He was and tackled on a, one play. Yeah, tackled <laughs> on one play, and it wasn't even called. And Gino got hurt because of it. Like they didn't throw the flag because they don't want to, you know, throw holding penalties against T.J. Watt, and in doing so, he got tackled into Gino's legs. Yeah,
1: I really wish they talked so, about that more. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I feel like talking. I feel like certain things happen, like the the Detroit lions game happened. And then they talked about the refs, but like that play specifically needs to be talked about, like whether it on the Pat McAfee show or ESPN or something somewhere, NFL network, they need to be like, Hey, look, you missed this hold call. TJ Watts probably been held all game because that's just how the, just how it works. People know that now. Um, but you're, you're making these players think so they can get away with these kinds of things. And it's leading to potential injuries on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah,
0: what happens if Gino ends up tearing an ACL because of that? Yeah, because he hurt his knee on the play. He came up limping. Yep. What happens if that's a torn ACL and it's all because the referees refuse to call a holding penalty? Yeah. Because if what, that offensive lineman doesn't hold TJ, then he's on his feet and he tackles him and sacks him on the play.
1: Yeah. My favorite is when the the announcers. I don't think they did it this game. I also wasn't listening. We were we were live on the Pro Sports Fans app talking about the game, but I hate when um. The uh, announcers talk about it and they're like, well, they missed a whole. I'm
0: like, duh, they miss every holding yeah. call. Like it's yeah, not yeah. close pretty, pretty much. Every pass rush for TJ has, he gets held. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> yeah. probably
1: every other one at, at least. Occasionally the ball doesn't even go anywhere near him. So they know that, hey, I, don't, I can let him beat me on this play or something, whatever. Um, yeah. But with that being said, I mean, inside linebackers, uh, I thought we're getting a Mom. lot. Oh, you want to talk Alex Smith?
0: No, no, I didn't think there was anything really all that substantial from Alex. I was just going to go straight to Miles Jack. Yeah,
1: Miles Jack. Middle
0: linebackers, Miles Jack had himself a real nice game, I thought. Uh, And this is two weeks in a a row with some really solid contribution. He looks real smooth out there. Uh, He looks a lot better than he did last year on the field. But again, we know now. He was playing with a groin injury, uh, which it's tough to even walk with a groin injury, let alone change directions, try to be fluid in coverage, that kind of thing. Uh, So Miles Jack looks great. Um, Not saying he's like a long-term solution, but he's at least a a nice piece for the rest of this season. And I'm excited to see if he landed. Roberts is going to be healthy enough to go next week because if he is, and you got Miles Jack and he landed. Man, that's kind of like going old school again with like Lawrence Timmons and Vince Williams, where you got like a speed guy and a thumper guy, and <laughs> and it might be a, an effective combination for for the remainder of whatever we have in store for this season and possible postseason.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent could be very, very good moving forward. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any other linebackers to talk about specifically. Um,
0: no, nothing splashy from Mark Robinson or Mike. Hal- although at least neither one of them was getting beat like a drum so that's great that's true shockingly <laughs> enough
1: shockingly <laughs> enough that didn't happen um cornerback room i thought we saw some good play from joy porter he handled covering dk Metcalf very well um dk got the best of him a couple times got a little chippy there for a little bit it did it was a little but i like that it, mm-hmm. it, it never got to the point of any kind of flags being called for it um but Joey Porter coming in as the junior, the young gun and DK Metcalf being the beast that he is and having the pedigree that he has already in the league. um, He held up well. And he said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an NFL player for a reason. (laughs) Like I'm here. So I enjoyed that a lot.
0: And Joey's a lot stronger than he looks. We've talked about this many times, you know, he's, He's a thin built guy, but he put up 17 reps on the bench when he came out. That's extremely strong for a cornerback. Uh, so I thought he did well. He had a couple, like you said, he had collections. And really, with the game on the line when they went in the corner to DK Metcalf, he was there with great coverage. Did he break it up? Not necessarily, but his hands were right there and made it extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, you gotta, you got to be encouraged by what we're seeing out of Joey Porter. If we can figure out the other cornerback position, then we're in business. I think the play is getting better weekly from Shandon Sullivan. Agreed, but I, we still have Shandon the Sullivan's hidden man. Some good plays. We still have the hidden one. <laughs> Corey Trice. I'm so excited. You don't understand. God, I hope. Listen. I hope, man. What they were talking in preseason was that he looked better than and we're seeing how Joey's doing now on yeah. the field. So yeah. it really does make you hopeful that, that Corey is able to return to form uh, and hopefully stay injury free next season.
1: Yeah. Listen, all we need James injury free next, se- next off season. That's all we, that's all we need.
0: Yeah. Um, that and Cooper
1: yeah. <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, The, the safety position, Patrick Peterson and Eric Rowe, I thought played very well. Again, Eric Rowe almost had another interception. Um, yeah. It, it could have had it, could have had it, should have had it. He did. And and I don't know if he, I don't know if it was a purposeful bait, but it worked. Um, yeah, it looked like sure he is. was in that, he looked like he was in that like under zone on the outside, whether it was, whether he was coming the flats or like the, the five yard out or whatever. But that, that route wasn't there. He was watching the quarterback's eyes. And when the quarterback was going to go deep, he kind of came back, came deep and, you know, it was one of those moments where he's like, Oh, you want to throw over me? You got it, dude. I'm already there. And yeah. it, it was perfect. It was perfect timing. So,
0: um, very fluid athlete, you know, Eric Rose seems to be in position to make a lot of plays. I ended up with 10 tackles leading the team in this game. So, you know, this is something that I think maybe they, uh, they ought to be looking at bringing him back for next season. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like his play on the field is, has, has been better than what we saw with Keanu Neal, uh, and maybe even better than, then uh, Demonte KZ as well. So yeah. uh, similar age on those two guys. I think he's like a year, maybe. Uh, but
1: Eric Rowe. Man, he looks like
0: a solution. Uh, he's like 31, isn't he? He is 31 out of year. Yeah, and KZ is like 29 or 30, I think. Yeah. So it, Rowe doesn't. He doesn't play like he's 31. I'll tell you that right now. No, no, no. He plays like he's like 27, man. Yeah,
1: I would have thought he was much younger than that. So.
0: And sometimes getting a little bit of time off does that. Like these guys play most of their careers with mildly injuries.
1: Yes, absolutely. 100%.
0: That's exactly where I'm going with this is that, you know, he did not have to be beat up for the last two, three months. He's finally playing and he's playing 100% healthy. I'm sure he's bumps and bruises now. Yeah. uh, But, but he doesn't have any major injuries going on that he's trying to fight through. And you can tell the difference on what you're getting on the field when the guy's perfectly
1: healthy. Listen, I just played high school football. And you're always playing with bumps and bruises. Let alone in the NFL, the kind of hits that these guys have, and and the the speed of mm-hmm. the game is uh, is just at another level. So they're they're always definitely playing hurt. They're never playing 100 percent even after bye weeks. It it just doesn't happen. When we say yeah. someone's 100 percent ready to go, that just means they're taking enough pain meds.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on. Or, or the major major injuries of you. Yeah, it's just minor minor ones.
1: Yeah. No one's coming out, no one's coming out like Aaron Rodgers with their eyes glazed. So that's
0: a plus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, teams. So, yeah, let's go on to special teams. Chris Boswell. Bos perfect for on the day again. He's having himself a monster season. Yeah, three for three on the day on his Both. field goal attempts. Three and for extra three points. on extra points. Uh just absolute money, which is what we expect out of him. Yep. Uh I'll have to pull up a different app to get you punt punt numbers. Presley Harvin, um,
1: one but, punt for 46 yards was uh, was punted inside the 20. Perfect. Yeah. That's all we needed from him. He only punted want. one day or one time of the day. So that was perfect. Yeah. Um, Calvin Austin had, a, I think, one return for just six yards. It wasn't anything crazy from what I can tell. Um, and then Godwin Iguabuque, two kick returns for 28 yards. Uh, or, excuse me, 31 was as long. 28 was the average. So, a 31-yard kick and a 25-yard kick return is what it looks like. So, nothing too crazy there. Still would like to see some no. some more playmaking ability from that special teams. But again, Cooper DeJean, we pick him up this offseason in the draft. That would be, uh, <laughs> hands down, the punt and kick returner of the future. At least until, you know, he wins a starting role. Then he's probably not going to play it as much. But... It's hard. It's yeah. hard when you have a playmaker like that to not want to start him in those in those Absolutely.
0: positions. And I feel like it, it needs to be said, too. Rodney Williams was just a weapon on the coverage unit in this game. 100%. Uh, getting down there and either making tackles or being in on the tackle multiple times on kick and punt coverage. Uh, so I thought he was very impressive in this game with his special teams plays. Um, injuries in the game, I don't think there was any significant one. We had a couple bumps and bruises. Joey Porter got injured at one point and then was able to come back in the game uh, while he was out. James Pierre got beat. He was the one that came in for him. He got beat for a touchdown in the end zone. Yep. Uh, so that is something worth noting there. Uh, and I don't think there was anything else that was really significant in this game. And even that I wouldn't really call significant because he was able to come back in and, and finish the game without an issue. Yeah. Uh, so there, seemingly coming out of this game fairly healthy uh just it'll be interesting to see how things go with some of these guys with a nagging like trenton thompson will he be available for this upcoming game uh seems like he was pretty close Micah fitzpatrick doesn't seem like he was close at all to playing in this game will he be ready for this next one i don't know uh it's a knee injury uh can't rush that uh you don't want to rush it if it's if it's anything like a sprain knee of any sort, don't don't rush it, man. Because if a sprain can turn into a tear real fast, and then you're you're missing him next year. Yeah. So don't don't push that if he isn't ready. You're getting adequate play out of Eric Rowe and Pat Pete, uh, in my opinion. And then the last one being Elandin, uh Roberts is yep. that Peck healing up enough? Will it heal up enough this upcoming week? I feel like uh, it had to be able to play.
1: It had to have been a partial tear. It had to have. For it to be this much of a, an ongoing injury, um, there had to have been some, some muscle tearing yeah, there.
0: Some kind of mo- minor tear in, in the, yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I agree with you. Otherwise, you're not going to be.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to what? Say that one more time.
0: Uh, you wouldn't miss a couple of weeks for, for an injury unless yeah. you had some kind of tear going on there, I would think, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, news before we end the show. Uh, John Harbaugh uh jim harbaugh no it's john jim i don't even know i always get him confused Jonathan. john harbaugh uh will not say whether or not he plans on playing the starters or not against pittsburgh uh many reasons for that we we're sure um no,
0: strategy 100 strategy you on, don't want them to be able to prepare for one ver- person versus another person you know
1: yeah no that makes sense um with when that is also said and done We have decided, and Tomlin has made the decision, uh, to keep with Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback position, James. That is Mm -hmm. the move.
0: In in my opinion, it's a very difficult (laughs) one to argue with if you want to score a bunch of points and you want to win because that's what we've done the last two weeks. Uh, With 34 points last week and then 30 this last week, But realistically, that was a 37-point performance. They just kneeled at the end instead of scoring. Uh, So what you're seeing is an effective offense that is finishing drives with points almost automatically. Like this last game, we had one punt. No turnovers, one punt, and every drive scored other than the last one that we were kneeling at the three-yard line about to score at the end of the game. Uh, That's as, as effective of offense as you can get pretty much. Uh, I'm not here to say that I think that Mason Rudolph is the answer. He's the truth. He's the next franchise quarterback. He should be the guy over Kenny Pickett next year. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that he's playing the best football that we've seen from any of our quarterbacks all season and probably going back into last season as well. And if you bench him right now, what are you going to get? I don't know. I'm – I like Kenny Pickett. I like him. I think Kenny can be the future at the position, but I think it'd be crazy to march him back out there right now, cold, having not played for a month.
1: Hmm. I agree to a degree. I agree to a degree is what I'll say. Um, the, the things that I'm going to say here are, and I'm going to pull these, I want to pull these numbers up. So I have them. Uh, specifically, I think when you look, when you compare the last two games or even the last, you know, the the last game that Kenny played and the last game that uh, Mason just played and you compare the numbers, it's very, very, very intriguing to me to look at them. So first off, when I when I go ahead and I look at uh, the breakdown for Kenny's numbers and Mason's Kenny Pickett. In the last game he played against Cincinnati, threw 24 for 33 for two, or 278 yards. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Against the same team, Mason went 17-27 to 27 for 290 yards. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions. I see the touchdowns. I know where you're going to go. A 63% completion for Mason compared to a 72.7% completion for Kenny. Now, this is the first game that Kenny had outside of the, the struggle of Matt Canada. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of offensive game planning up to this point. There wasn't a whole lot of changing and understanding new things. I think they've had more time Mm -hmm. in the offensive scheme and the offensive playbook uh, to change things up a little bit, make them a little bit more different for the offense to kind of get rolling on all cylinders and use the talent they have on the, on the field. But then I want to take it a step further than that, James. So the game against Seattle, uh, you had George Pickens, with
0: seven for one thirty-one.
1: Not wait, what? Yeah, seven for one thirty-one. And that last game for Kenny against Seattle, you had Pat Fryermuth nine for one twenty. So you had two guys mm-hmm. go off. Um, the big difference here I want to point out is and it's not a massive difference. It's really not. Um
0: <laughs> but it's the big difference. Well, the the <laughs> big difference
1: for me is is the fact that you had the time. You had the time to change the offense a little bit. I think that Kenny is very capable to come out and play the same way that we just saw Mason do. If not potentially better, given the time that they've had to make the differences and make the changes in the play. But again, uh you're looking at the the rushing yards specifically for the last game. They had 153 in the game against Cincinnati. They had 202 against Seattle. So 50 yards. 50 times. yards.
0: Yeah. Very effective both games. Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree that Kenny can do that and has the potential to do that. Um, But also, Kenny has struggled in his first couple possessions in most games this season. Uh, And then that has typically led to Pittsburgh being behind on the scoreboard early in games. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I understand why. Mike Tomlin would want to put the quarterback out there who has been marching them right down the field and scoring touchdowns on the first drives, putting his defense in a better position where they can kind of get after the quarterback a little bit more, make the opposing offense a little bit more one dimensional and uncomfortable. Um, And I like Kenny. I don't want this to come across as I don't like Kenny, but the 16 points that he put up against the Bengals wouldn't have, this game against the Seahawks. It wouldn't have been enough. You got to be able to finish drives. You got to be able to get it in the end. And sometimes it's making some difficult throws. And sometimes it's just good coaching. Sometimes it's that last drive where you're up by seven. You need to be able to pull clock out. You're coming out and on first down when everybody in the stadium expects you to run the ball you throw it deep to George and get like 40 yards on first down sometimes it's just a coaching decision like that to be brave and go for it
1: they weren't necessarily doing that when Kenny was in there they're playing differently now than what they were with Kenny in is what i'm saying i think that i think that it i don't want to i don't want to use the phrase stunting his growth, but I I'm worried about the mental damage that could come or like not, not mental damage. I don't know. I'm just worried to see what happens with Kenny moving forward because Kenny's Kenny deserves the starting role. Don't get me wrong. Kenny hasn't had a chance to lose it. In my opinion, Kenny showed, Hey, first game without Matt Canada, 400 yards, first time in 58 games, 59 games, whatever. And then, Oh shoot, got hurt as he was driving towards the end zone in the next game. And then it's like, oh, let's try Mitch. Oh, Mitch sucks. Booty cheeks. We figured that out right now. And then, oh, yeah. let's try Mason. Mason comes in first game, throws three passes, whatever, seven yards. Nobody cares. Plays the second game, puts up 30 points. Plays the next game, puts up or er, 34 points, 36, whatever it was.
0: 34, than 30, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think at this point, we would be seeing similar numbers, if not better, from Kenny. And that's that's the struggle. That's the mental struggle because do you stick with the hot hand or do you say, Hey, here's our young quarterback. We're going to put it back in your hands. We, and and Mike Tomlin in his press conference even answered it this way. We've seen Kenny Pickett come back late. The last two times we played the Baltimore Ravens and win late in the game. Mm -hmm. The last time I saw Mason play against the Ravens, he got knocked out (laughs) on a dirty hit hundred percent. But like, I'm just saying like, I don't know. I'm, I'm so indifferent and frustrated with, this, because I think that this is going to cause problems moving forward. I'm not going to get into the post. Don't worry. Um, but this causes questions. We're, we're showcasing Mason Rudolph in a contract year. He does, He's not signed for next year. He's going to resign with us or go sign somewhere else. So somebody might be willing. I mean, the number of quarterback issues that have been in the league this year, Mason Rudolph is showing himself, hey, I'm worth paying, even if it's just to be a backup. If Mason comes out and performs very well again, Either A, he's not, we're not going to be able to afford him as a backup, or B, are you going to pay him like a starter and then say, hey, Kenny, you're backing him up? And, and what's Kenny going to do to that? So I'm just interested to see where this goes. I would like to see Kenny come in and start. In my opinion, I know it's not going to happen, but my reasoning is I would enjoy seeing what Kenny can do with the way the offense has been switched up and handled to this
0: point. Because if he made the playoffs, what? Is it still going to be Mason? Probably depends on how Mason plays. Yeah. It depends on how Mason plays. If Mason continues to put up these games of 275 plus passing yards and completing 75% of his passes and 30 plus points in a game, you're crazy to bench him. And I get, I get the, the point of he's making himself more money, the more, the better he plays. Yep. Uh, But what would you prefer? He plays awful. And then you don't have any backup quarterback solution for next year? No, but don't let him go out there and play better now.
1: (laughs) Say, okay, hey, you got us here. Let's put it back in the reins of Kenny. If Kenny's 100%. You
0: you don't put somebody on the bench that's playing well. You you reward good play. That's the way sports works. Like, you, you you don't say, hey, you know... I know you've been really good for us the last couple weeks. In fact, you kept our season hopes alive. In fact, you had the best scoring outputs that we've seen from this team in the last three years, back-to-back weeks. But I'm going to go ahead and put you on the bench. I understand uh, Because there's a young kid that I want to see what he's got. I want to see what he's made of. So I'm going to put him back out there, even though you've done the best for our offense that we've seen since freaking Ben Roethlisberger. All right. It's, I get it. So I get to me, it. if you if you have to pay Mason more because he plays well in this final game, let's say he goes out there, they beat the Ravens, they put up 30 plus points again, he throws one or two touchdowns, he's over 270 yards again, no and they don't make the playoffs.
1: I mean the Ravens and we don't
0: have the conundrum of what happens in the first round of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Now he's got three games in a row where he put up good numbers. That's a problem I want. I get it. I want to have to give him five or six million as a backup quarterback instead of re signing him at the basic minimum. I want that because I want a backup quarterback who can freaking play. With that being Mitch said, isn't it.
1: there's a chance he has to put up more than 30 points because the Ravens just put up 56 on Miami. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll I see what, that. We'll see what happens. But no, with, with that being said, please let us know. Uh, what you guys think in the comments or message us on social media. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Should you, go, would you, if you were Tomlin, would you go with the hot hand and stay with Mason Rudolph? Or would you say, hey, my young star future, uh, you know, future of the franchise, face of the franchise guy, starting quarterback is now here. We're going to roll, like, what do you, what would you do if we want to know? We want to talk about it after this game, after we talk about um, <laughs> what's going to happen. We're going to look forward to this actual Ravens game. Uh, later this week we'll get another episode out to you guys hopefully um, but yeah want to know you guys' input for sure be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube get those five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and until next time this is your host James and Cody signing off
0: peace